You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You know, it's a couple things I've realized is we got to get some freedom and break off some religious stuff because we're not trying to go through the motions up in here. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have a party afterwards. Have a little fun. Break the Christian vinegar face. That was so 2019. We're 2020. There's freedom in this house. Get some. And it's not hype. A lot of people go, whoa, this is a little much. Like, what weekend does it calm down? It doesn't. It's like, I lived that life for so long. It's like, we get to be a part of this. And, when, and, and what happens is when you're around the people with the fruit that are living this life, like some of you are like, oh, is this a hype church? It's not a hype church. But when you see people radically healed, restored, when I go through the book of miracles, when I, when I see a couple come back from, you know, a nine month deployment and their marriage is more on fire when most military, they go nine months, rails. That's because they're surrounded by other people that encourage them, lift them up. It's a tribe that we got each other's back, that I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. We can get 120 guys to prayer, 81 women to prayer. And like, who gets up that early? What happens is, I want to give you, how many know success leaves clues? Only some of you? Well, let me tell you, success leaves clues. And it's amazing that I grew up with this thing and I just was above it when I was ignorant. It's amazing that, and I had a family that loved me, but I mean, man, I'm trying to think if they really loved me, they would have empowered me to read it, not guilt tripped me to read it. And I think that's the greatest revelation is how do I make my life attractive to my kids? So they're they want what daddy's got. And I think the devil works overtime to make sure that we can just, you know, how many know kids look at everything? Well, just to let you know, your friends are watching you. So how you're working this thing out, it matters tonight. So I want to preach a little bit about a sermon that's pretty famous, but I want to just give you some, I want to flip it to show you why we need to be walking this out, why it's so important. But especially this is the last preach of this Connect Weekend and why this all matters, I just want to tie it together because what you do in this life echoes in eternity. That's just not a movie quote. So, you guys are amazing. I'll call you back up here. Oh, JP, Joel Piper on the drum set. I love it. I love it. I love this quote. Kobe Bryant said, the most important thing is to try to inspire people so they can be great in whatever they want to do. I love it. I guess he did that. The ripple. The minute it happened, tweets. I mean, it's messing up. Pastor Eric is like, what's going on this morning? Halfway into his preach, he could feel the shift. That's how, that's how powerful someone can be. Why not you and I for the kingdom? Kanye gets it. There's some other people that are starting to get it. And I think this is just one more tipping point of a nation that comes back to Christ. Prayer back in schools. I mean, you're going to see some stuff happen. You're going to see some stuff happen. 
So what happened was I had a nice, you know, nice little connect message prepared, and then I was reading my yearly Bible, and it messed me up a few days ago, and I couldn't get it off. And I felt like God was saying that in this season for us, he wanted me, I'm just going to read this parable that Jesus was talking about, and then I'm going to break it down because I realized that I just started putting that success leaves clues into my own life and the why behind it, and then 14 years later, I'm going to tell you, my delay to implement what God was trying to show me took me probably six years, and that was accelerated because I had my wife next to me just slapping me a lot. <laughs> like, why don't you get this? Uh, I don't know. Forrest Gump's my brother. I mean, so I'm a... Calm down. But this is in um, Matthew. I love it. It's actually in uh, three, the synoptic gospels, the same parable. And it's, the, it's really the parable of the sower and really the soils, the four soils. And as I look at it, it's amazing. I was different soil at different times in my life. And I just want to give a revelation, and then I want to give you the truth of what I did, some hashtag soil hacks, and I'm going to let you know that it's reproducible because anybody I've mentored, I've just given the same tools and words of wisdom. I've watched them apply it, and I've watched fruit, immediate fruit in their life. And what I've watched is you can say all the right things, but all I'm going to look now is I'm going to look at the fruit to it. And I'm not joking when it says 30, 60, 100 fold. And it talks about that both in Matthew and Mark, the 30, 60, 100. But you know what Luke talks about? Only the 100. I kind of like Luke. He's like, I'm not even going to waste lines. 30, 60 is not enough for me. It's 100 fold. He just cuts out the other two. Telling the same story, different lenses, because they're looking from different sides. They have different tone, different inflections, different. They're telling the same story. But they're given a little bit, but Matthew and Mark, they're in line with the 30, 60, 100 fold, and Luke's like, nope, 100 fold, don't settle. So I know I'd be friends with Luke. He'd be, we'd be in a mastermind together. He was a physician. We might have some disagreements, but I think we'd be all right. Um, so I want to read this uh, in chapter 13, verse 1. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. I love this. He had to get up on a boat to be talking to some people. And we got to be right where they were, and they were all up on a hill, and they said the reason he got on a boat is because the wind, the way it was, would actually carry his voice. They were on a hill, kind of a valley, and it, the way that the projection was on the Sea of Galilee, it would have projected right up the hill. Pretty amazing. So he said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And if you want to know the translation, it is the New Living Translation. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil and the underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon withered under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear, he should listen and understand. How many of you have ears tonight? Oh, good. Look, we're looking like you're 100%. Well... What I find is amazing. His disciples came and asked him, 
Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. It's amazing how many Christians don't even like that word. I had a poor young lady and mom call me because at the Christian school, Christian school, they were talking about churches that use the word abundance. And they were giving this name. So she called me because her daughter was crying. She goes, do we switch schools? I'm like, well, no, someone's got to solve the problem. Just start reading her out of the Bible. Come on. I mean, it says right here, abundance of knowledge. Abu- I mean, we got to help some people. Can you guys please just prosper in abundance on all that you touch, all that you do? 30, 60, and 100 fold. And then I'll be like, oh, I was going to write you a check, but you don't believe in that word. Oh, sorry, sorry. And I digress. For those who are not listening, even with a little understanding, they will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let them heal me, heal and let me heal them. I love that he's breaking it down for his disciples because his disciples are seeing all the amazing things and they're like, how can these people not get the clue? And yet we live in a day and age that there are many Christians and many people that say they're Christians that actually aren't hearing, seeing, or even believing that the miracles in the Bible are the miracles of today. I'm like, do you really think I would get up at five in the morning and come to a 5.30 prayer meeting just because I'm bored? Like if I didn't see some miracles up in here, I would rather sleep in and cuddle her. Like, it better be pretty radical. And every couple of weeks, I'm like, man, we need, Kevin, we got to stir this thing up. I mean, I haven't seen any deaf people here lately. I mean, I still, I'm waiting to see someone. Yeah. I need, like, where's my someone's dead and raised up? Yeah. It happened November uh, 17th in uh, 2007. And it's still wind, but, you know, wind under my wings and I'm hard charging because I saw my first radical brain dead kid totally revived. And that still shakes up some people. But I don't care. I have the MRI, or I mean, the CAT scan before and the CAT scan after, and the brain waves before and the brain waves after. And I still have parents that are on fire. And Pastor John and I geek out and we still talk about the story. Matter of fact, he preached it at South this morning. So I don't care. They can believe whatever they want. I got to witness it for my own life. What I'm saying is, what are you witnessing lately? Because we all need a catalyst to see something radical. And if you don't, I mean, I love the fact, I mean, some people don't need to see that stuff, but I mean, I love it. I'd love for one of my friends to get out and walk on water. I mean, how many know we'd all be talking about that for a while? I I just need some stuff in the Bible, that level, that's a hundredfold. I'm seeing about 30, we've had a couple 60-fold. hundredfold for me is I need to see someone. Or something happens to me, I just need you all to know, come to that hospital with 100% faith and raise me up. I'm telling you, don't be canceling that, somebody. I'm serious. I want someone with enough faith. I know Pastor John will be there. 
But that's the type of church we are. We're believing in radical things. And that kind of ruffles. What happened to like the easy Christian stuff? Well, that's amazing. There's lots of good churches in San Diego. But we're called to advance the kingdom. We say we want to win a city. That's the type of church it's going to take to win a city. A radical, Bible-believing, abundant church that believes in what God's trying to do. And so when I love this, I was looking at this study and reading further. I want to read a little further. And just he talks about it. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. And so he goes on to explain what this all means. And I want to tell you that, especially being a pastor over this campus, that to see the fruit in your life, to see my friends waking up early to pray together, to be in the ditches together, to believe together, to get baptized together, to go on journeys with our families together. We're all gonna have seasons of ebb and flow, mountaintop experiences, valleys, but it's coming out on the other side like he was saying about, I met Jesus. I'm putting him first. It's exactly the type of harvest that I'm talking about. See, the seed on the path, the seed sown on the path eaten by the birds represents anyone who hears the word of God and does not understand it. Therefore, whatever is heard is snatched away from their heart by the enemy. See, there's a lot of people who will come in here and have a jacuzzi experience. So while they're in church, like me my whole life, it would feel good in the moment. But how many know when you get out of the jacuzzi, the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah. But while they're in the jacuzzi, they're like, this feels so good. While they're at church, but guess what? They're downtown four nights later, waking up with a hangover of regret, back in the house of God, and they just repent, maybe feeling a little shame, but they feel good in the moment. And then they go back. And so this is what I'm talking about. It's the seed on the path and the enemy comes in. It's a classic situation. To those who have, more will be given. And for those that do not have, even what they seem to have will be taken away, is what it explains in Luke 8.18. Those who have understanding will understand more and more. However, those who do not understand, even what understanding they seem to have will be taken away. So it's amazing because... They can be, you think maybe your friends are getting it. And then all of a sudden, they get that boyfriend, they get that girlfriend, they start making dumb decisions. Or the minute they they suddenly get like, hey, there could be a job over here, but here they were flourishing. They take that job, and then all of a sudden you find out they moved to Texas, they get a divorce, their life's upside down, but when they were planted in the house, it's like, whoa, what are you missing? Or the people that... You know, maybe they started tithing, you think they got it, and then all of a sudden, someone else gets in their ear or a little little shaking comes. Well, guess what? That seed didn't plant very far. It got snatched up. So they start withholding, and then there's not, they're not under a heaven that protects them. They're outside that covering, and then all of a sudden, all their finances are going sideways, but they don't understand first fruits. The seed on rocky ground, that's the seed that falls on rocky ground, represents someone who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. However, they have no root or foundation, so it doesn't last very long. When trouble or persecution arises in the account of the word, that person immediately falls away. Matthew 13, 21. It's like, where was that dude that had a radical encounter with God? Was that men's prayer? Where's that guy? And then I'll hear, I'm like, let's go after him. Man, what, what, what's discipleship look like? 
Seed choked by the thorns, the seed that falls on the ground with thorns is representing someone who hears God's word. But all the concerns of the world, especially in my world, the enticement of lots of money ends up choking the world, the word. The word of God is not able to yield any fruit in that person's life. They got caught up with, they started that blessing, they just didn't know how to handle power or money and they started getting choked off. That's why mentorship with people that have been successful. I love being around high ballers that are Christians that know how to handle wealth and not get sucked into greed. There's some of my favorite people to talk to because I want wisdom. Because I'm a young kid, I I wanna roll like that. I don't wanna be scared of money. See, my dad, who's an amazing, faithful person, is scared, intimidated by money, so he self-sabotages. And I love him, one of the smartest men I know. He's, He's helped probably six or seven of my closest friends become millionaires. He's one of the most brilliant people I know, but I could tell he comes to a point of self-sabotage because how he was taught the word of God through a filter that says money is bad, money is bad. He now at 77 years old told me, he goes, I wish I would have found your church that gives healthy teaching around finances. I gave him a book called Millionaire in the Pew. That book changed my life. I got it at 36 years old. Why didn't I get that book at 26 years old? Written by a missionary that was called out of a poverty mentality to take over his father-in-law's business and became a multi, 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 multi millionaire. But what I love about him, because he was so Holy Spirit filled, he got to hear God correct him along the way and he would receive it because he realized he was about to be that seed choked off by thorns and God warned him. Why do you keep going back to lack mentality, poverty mentality? And what happened was for 25 years, he built churches all over the Philippines, being a missionary, asking for handouts. He had to crush that mentality over three years. But then guess what happened? In five years, he built more churches with his own wealth than the 25 years of toil. And he realized, I need to help other missionaries around the world break free of that poverty handout mentality so I could set something free. He actually is the one that wrote the book that we took called Pathfinders and created Pathfinders, marketplace entrepreneurial ship for, uh, for you and I, marketplace leaders. I love it, a missionary wrote that book. A missionary had the plan for that based on this, saying we gotta be careful, this is the parable that he got it from, and the Holy Spirit working with him and through him. Seed on good soil, that's the seed that falls on soil that represents the one who hears the word and understands it, who bears fruit and yields it. Matthew 13, 23, it goes into, this situation is a perfect example of someone. To those who have, more will be given. Those four soils illustrate the fruit that is produced is falling on the good soil. In a word of God does not produce fruit. If there's not fruit, the fruit that you like in your life, I'm asking you to look at the soil. The seed is good seed. You were created in the image and the likeness. It's just about the seed of our heart and what is our heart reflecting? What is it? Have we lost trusting our Father? Have we lost trusting people? Or do we trust God but we don't trust the church anymore? Do we not trust the pastor where we let down along the way? What is it? Or do we judge what we learn from other Christians and their behavior? It's important because that's the one thing I had to go on a journey. How could my wife get radically saved And then all of a sudden, full throttle, just trust God. And I realized that now I'm starting to see the difference. I needed to have a heart check with myself. And I realized I didn't trust the church. 
on some level, maybe I didn't trust God, and I definitely didn't trust people in the church because I watched them hose my dad over and over and over again. So I realized I had a couple hurdles, not just the trusting Pastor Jurgen part, not just the trusting the church part, but then trusting my brothers who I was gonna do this thing and work out ministry together. I had lots of ish I had to walk through. And it was amazing because I had to go on my own journal, you know, journey to experience that. In Proverbs 4.20, I want you to hear this, the book of wisdom, that I think one of the greatest things that I did, I didn't just read it because I was told to read it. I would read it, chew on it, devour it, and see where in this is my life. And I can tell you there was many times that I would read the book of Proverbs and I would cry because I'm like, man, I obviously don't know how to walk across. I would see the gap but I wouldn't know how to get to the other side. I would realize, okay, this is pointing out exactly where I am stuck, but how do I get across? And you know what it was? I had to break it down and realize I'm gonna have to trust somebody and I'm gonna have to believe that I'm getting healed in the church. My bridge was this house. Proverbs 4, 20 to 27, my child, Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else. I'm going to say that again. Guard your heart above Get this. For it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech. That means what you think about, you bring about. What you speak, you create. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Here's the deal, I did not realize how important our heart was. And to go back to these parables, it's exactly what it's talking about. Going back to tell you, and then in Proverbs, the book of wisdom, trying to give us the greatest wisdom. This is the number one thing we gotta guard. No one taught me that. Number one thing I'm doing, till my kids are 18, guarding their heart. Some people might not like it. My wife was so mad at me. We went to this new school. Micah was getting interviewed to come in. I'm sitting there like a total punk. I don't care if it's a Christian school. And she's sitting there asking us all these questions. And I just kind of chuckle. I'm like, do you really think you're interviewing me? I'm interviewing you in this school. And she looked at me and I felt my wife, has anyone, those of you not married, I apologize, but you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But when you're married, there's, uh, there's facial signals, there's hand signals. There's under the desk grabs. And then there is a uh, stiletto heel in your toe. This was a stiletto heel in my foot moment. Or I felt it like a little pressure. And then I said, yeah, I'm here interviewing you. Then it was a lot of pressure. And I looked at her. We walked outside. She's like this. If she doesn't get into this school, I don't know if I'll forgive you. We're going to call Pastor Jurgen right now. I'm like, babe, you need to calm down. I'm not having this girl. I'm guarding my daughter's heart. She goes, that was over the top. <laughs> rain it down. Yep, rain it down. Yep. Yep. So I love it because if you look at 
And I want you to go look at these synoptic gospels and read them for yourselves because here's the truth. When you read each one, I want you to read it as the writer is writing, but look at Matthew and Mark and Luke, and I want you to find out who do I resonate? Who do you resonate with? Because they actually are coming from a little bit different meanings. And what I love at Matthew and Mark, the the emphasis, just to do a little teaching on this, is around the... uh, Perseverance of the gospel through the, or actually Mark is, persecution and the ability to grow fruit. So they're like, listen, Mark was saying, you're gonna get persecuted, you're still gonna get fruitful. You're still gonna show the fruit. You better hang in there, guard your heart. Pretty much says, suck it up, Sally, here's a straw. Let's do this thing. And I love it because in Matthew and Luke, the emphasis is on personal responsibility of guarding your heart where Mark's like, just put on the armor and let's do this. And Matthew and Luke are like, hey, personal responsibility, take it as you wanna take it, just kinda guard the, the soil of your heart, but no. Mark was like, in your face about it. <laughs> but what I wanna really talk to you about is, what are you gonna do? Because why does our church set you up for success? This, I wanna give you the difference. If you don't feel challenged in the church you're sitting in, we, listen, We teach the word of God. I grew up in a good Bible-believing church. Most of the time I fell asleep. A lot of the time I was there out of respect, but I look back now and I realize that my pastor was my football coach. I know he had a heart for the Lord, but I was never challenged. I was more challenged under him as my football coach and giving more burpees than I was ever in his house on a Sunday. And it's amazing, I look back now, I didn't understand it at the time, but I was not equipped as a high schooler living in a loud, noisy, chaotic world that was trying to tell me everything else but church was cool. And it's amazing, so I walked up and just train wrecked my life, and I'm not blaming them, I wanna take personal responsibility, but I look at even how my family turned out. My parents married 32 years, got a divorce, I'll let you know that. They went to my pastor, and he says, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Now, granted, he wasn't spirit-filled. I grew up really anti-gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest things is I love Pastor Jurgen for his boldness. He didn't move to San Diego to start another church. I mean, someone just told me they're offended by his Awaken book. Yeah, that's okay, listen. He, He mentioned another church, you know, just saying, hey, not by name, just saying this movement has vanillaed the gospels, and there's not, and so they're like, we don't know if we can come back here. I'm like, well, you're back here. <laughs> you must have felt something. And, and what happens is it does, but you gotta remember to polish incredible jewels and gems, there's friction. Just so, men and women, we need to have some friction to bring out what's in us and I challenge you. I was just read and had good teaching and just didn't know how to apply it. And why would I apply it? Good for the, good for the uh, disciples and the nice little thing on soil. Right. Like, okay, guard your heart. I guess when I get there, I'll guard my heart. Knowing that the greatest deceiver of all time is the enemy. You don't know you're being deceived. Now listen, if he sucked, you would know you're being deceived. I mean, you gotta know, if a snake's talking to you, how much more obvious can it be, let's not eat that fruit? That's how good he is. 
like, oh, this must be a friendly snake, really wants the best for me. <laughs> That's good deception. I mean, I can preach, there, there's been two or three instances, I had a, a woman that's for sure deceiving me, led me down this crazy road, and then finally as I stepped back, I was like, that was crazy. But in the moment, I thought it was normal. Sure. Yeah. Kevin, where were you in the moment, bro? Jeez. Yeah, we were all being deceived. But it's amazing because you don't know when you're being deceived when the enemy is lurking. It's just like the boiled frog in the hot water. If you throw a frog in hot water, it's gonna bounce out. But if you slowly leave that frog in there and slowly turn up the heat, guess what? It's called the boiled frog syndrome. It's just gonna get cooked to death because the body acclimated to the heat until all of a sudden it died. That's a lot of people I see in Christianity. They just don't realize it's a slow, slippery compromise and then a little compromise, a little compromise. And then I meet so many people that would never have the thought of moving in with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Now going, oh yeah, it's like blah, blah, blah. We're gonna save rent. They have it all justified, but it took years to get that way. Because if I would have saw them in the beginning, they're like, oh no, we'd never do that. But it's amazing how the enemy just tries to plant seed where you'll compromise here, compromise here, compromise here. But then the minute you put that ceiling over your life, blessing leaves, things will be taken and added to somebody else. So it's interesting because I wanna show you this pathway. If we can put up the pathways, we've really worked hard. Oh, are we gonna have to scroll? Does it show anything? Oh yeah, we are. Okay, that's cool. So what happens is we, Pastor Year again, uh, and our whole team, we really said, what does it take? And we're just going through our DNA courses of connect, develop, empower. What does that look like? This isn't just a model to get you rolled up into something. It's the fruit that we've seen that's reproducible that we can teach for you to get victory in your life. And so people come in on the connect part and then, yeah, right here, oh, up. Yep, so the people come into church, whether it's from personal invitations, missions, or outreach, and then they just come in, they arrive at Awaken, they feel welcomed, they should feel welcomed. Next steps is the high team, the info booth, the prayer team. They come down here. Baptism. Some people got baptized tonight. They found some friends, and they get in this connected group. And we just want people during Connect Sunday to feel like they have a tribe that they can be a part of. They get to connected. And then our goal, goal is, hey, discipleship, growing in and sharing your faith. We didn't say anything about you're perfect, you better look like Jesus, smell like Jesus. No, we're trying to just show you, like, listen, we hope you're growing in your faith. We want you to learn lordship, lifestyle, have time in God's word, your prayer life, baptism of the Holy Spirit, positive life changes, an authentic relationship. You start getting, you found your tribe, you found a connect group, and then as it goes down, now we gotta help you in your spiritual formation, maturing in your faith. We then wanna find out, Hey, the best way to not get uprooted from church, so I'm trying to tell you how to guard your heart. This is what I'm doing, okay? Serving on a volunteer team, oh, it's just because the church needs me. If that thought went through your head, there's a little thing in your heart. There's, I just want to tell you, because that's what I said. Oh, I see what they're doing. <laughs> they want me to go on the parking lot and park cars. I see what that, because they don't have any parking team. Uh-huh, oh yeah. We didn't even have a golf cart back then, people. We actually had to walk them to a parking spot. Pastor John and I, probably not the right heart attitude. We're like, yeah, come on over here. John, oh yeah, I'll park more cars than you. So John and I, were like, double. 
You know, oh, John, you think you're good? Oh, yeah, you're ripped. Take your shirt off. I'm going to open the door for him. Look, I'm opening the door. Oh, it's raining. Here's an umbrella. Yeah, got you. So Pastor John, we were un one-upping each other all the time. And it was annoying because he'd just be like this, you know. But he can get away with that. Pastor John, if you're listening to that, I was just flexing and stuff. I know you do it much more attractive. But it's amazing because I had that heart check. I had that heart check. And I had to get up where my wife was just serving because she wanted to serve. She wanted to be a part of the family. She had the penny drop. I didn't. I had to get healed in that area. So then leadership and development, servant heart, honor, generosity. Listen to watch how Pastor Jurgen honored everybody drove me crazy. I'm like, another heart check. Why is he kissing up to everybody? Man, why is he so uplifting and encouraging to everybody? Does he need something? Why does he take him out to lunch? Oh, he definitely wants something. Uh-huh, what's coming? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, vision builders, for sure, now I knew it. Heart check, heart check. I had an honor problem. I'm part of a profession that has an honor problem. And then I go, oh my gosh, generosity. I had a generosity problem. But see, this is what happens. God brought me my wife, who she's black and white, tithing, generous. Hey, this is the number I got for... Vision builders, I'm like, are you crazy? And then Pastor Eric, and the next line is, whatever the number's higher, that's probably the one. Of course it is, of course it is. Of course my wife has the higher number. No wonder Pastor Leanne's been hanging out with her. So I had all of these checks in my spirit that were unhealthy, and I had to let the Holy Spirit heal me, renew me, because I grew up in church and I had some beliefs, some ideas, where my wife never had any of that. She authentically came to church, got saved, restored, and didn't have a context of religion. I did. I had to unlearn some hurts, some wounds, and trust God again from the very beginning. And I know that's why I married my bride, to help me along the way. And I'm telling you, I finally had to realize, do I want to get my heart to be good soil so I can live the 30, 60, 100-fold life? Or am I gonna still keep walking around the mountain, walking around the mountain, saying I'm a Christian, saying I'm a Christian, being influenced by the world, or am I gonna put my foot in the sand and I'm gonna show the fruit that I am a Christian? It was amazing, how do you know? Well, here's the first test. Pastor Jurgen's encouraging, hey, soak in one service, come do another one. <laughs> Two services on a Sunday. My wife's like, yeah, we're going to two services on a Sunday. And I'm like, why are we going to two services? You need it. And what I realized was I did need it. I needed the first service to get all the junk of the week washed off me. And by the time I got to the night service, guess what? My heart was right. And I realized that when I came twice on a Sunday, I started healing. It was amazing. The first one just brought me back to neutral. It's the second one that grew me. Now, I'm just saying, it was amazing. You're gonna have to trust somebody, trust the pastor that's been there. It's, it's amazing because the world is so loud, what are you listening to? See, you're programmed every day whether you believe it or not. Your mind is absorbing conscious, subconscious beliefs. You're being programmed by the television, by the friends that you hang out with, by the work culture, by the world, by the music that you listen to. And I'm telling you, I got to a point where I was like, man, I will never listen to worship music, that's too far. But after I'm telling you, going to soak, 
and serve and soak and serve. And I'm hanging out with people in the church more than I am my friends. And I'm realizing that my spirit is starting to come back to life. And you know what? Where I needed downtown all the time, I didn't need downtown anymore because you know what? They invited me out and man, we're gonna have a great, oh man, I had more fun this weekend with no regrets different relationships. My soul feels full. My heart is warming up. Wow, I'm liking the fruit of my life. That two times on a Sunday, why didn't I see it? Because I was being deceived, thinking the church just wanted me to come twice. No, it was me. I needed the loudest voice. And the world, because I'm there seven days a week. And you know what? Chick-fil-A has it figured out. But how much flack does Chick-fil-A get? Yeah, yeah, that's called Closed on Sunday. It's not a song, it's a store, and they're closed on Sunday. I know, because every time I'm craving one, it's on a Sunday. So what's it, what, what's it stops for me? Then we start coming down here, and then what happens is connect, you're getting connected, develop, it's love people. Your gifts are wanted. And he's talked on that this morning, Pastor Jurgen, and you're starting to feed yourself. Whereas when you first come in to get connected, the church, we're gonna feed you. We're gonna look after you. We're gonna take care of you. We wanna give you a following Jesus book. We want you to go through our DNA classes. We want you to just to get in it so we can get you in good soil so we start to see a harvest in your life. Because if we can help you get set free and seeing fruit, guess what, other people want what you have because you're attractive to a world that lives in chaos. And so then what happens is you come in and now it's leadership development. We wanna coach you, we wanna grow you, we wanna help lead you because you were meant to lead. The talk of my Pathfinders talk coming up and I'm honored to be there and man, humbly honored. And I can tell you, God gave me a full download. He's got, you're gonna talk about the psychology of possibility. One of my first points is, and it's all the science of success. First one is the science of being a hunter. The science of status alignment. All kingdom principles to help you shine in a dark world. You are meant to lead people. Whether you believe it or not, you're meant to lead. You're meant to get unlocked. You're meant to use all the gifts that God's already given you on the inside of you. You don't have to look out for someone else to tell you they're already in you. It's the DNA of the sons and the daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But we wanna help pull that out of you. And at some point you will be a connect leader or a volunteer team leader or a pastor or doing whatever you're called to do, whether it's in the marketplace leading or in the house of God leading, you were meant to be a priest or a king somewhere in your circle of influence. And our job is just to teach you, love God, love people, let your heart get healed, let it grow in good soil. Are you with me today? Come on, and then it ends right here. We want to empower you, love with purpose, because you're needed. And then we teach you how to feed others. Is that not an incredible pathway, motivated by love, confident and equipped, a disciple maker with vision, commissioning empowerment? That's the goal to take you on. And we're all on this journey. You might be at all different places on that pathway, but there's a place for you. And this is what we realize, discipleship matters. See, churches don't do the saving. In, in my world, in my profession, it's amazing. Everyone's like, how many new patients do you see? How many of all, it's, it's amazing. It's kind of like this little like competition. And I realized, I got, I'm like, church is no different. Why are all these pastors asking me how many people got saved on Sunday? I was like, uh, I don't know, but how many people are getting discipled in your church? Because we're called to make disciples. 
Jesus saves, we're called to make disciples. So your fruit matters to your pastors because good discipleship means that you are producing incredible fruit. So if we're gonna walk through a valley together, we're gonna walk through the valley together. And what I've learned about the greatest thing that's happened to me in this house is I had to take off my Christianese little mask. And the thing that I was repelled by the church is why I left the church. Well, I wouldn't say I left the church. I went out of obedience, but I was sitting there fake as you could believe it, just in case my mom called. And it was amazing even, how do I know my first heart check? Because my mom called one time, she goes, did I see you, this is back when I checked in on Facebook, did I see you check in twice on a Sunday at church? Oh, that must have been a mistake, mom. Uh, of course I would never go twice on a Sunday. And then I remember the Holy Spirit convicting me going, you were at church twice on a Sunday. I'm like, I know, I just can't let my mom, you know, the expectation might be too high then, you know. She might think I'll be a pastor one day and that would just be crazy. Now look who's laughing. I tell you that because connect, develop, and empower has saved my life. From pastors that didn't need the pathway because they were living it. This is just developed over time because they were already doing it and we are putting visual aid to what our pastors have been doing for 14 years. What I love about their hearts are just walking it out. They were able to help me. It's like, you know, Iron Man. You had to take off the mask and set it aside. The greatest thing is having a pastor that loves you enough to let me put it. I go, what is it up with vulnerability? See, the reason why people don't want to get too connected to church, well, I'm going to give you my reasons. I don't know what yours are, but I was so digging my heels in, I realized one or two reasons. I didn't want to be that guy. So I grew up, I went to Westmont College where there were some Christian people, and they'd go down and build a home in Mexico for a week and come back and tell me how righteous they were. Drove me crazy. And I said, I don't want to be that type of Christian. And no one showed me how I could be a Christian passionate for the Lord without throwing Bibles or say you're going to hell or do any of that. So I never saw it modeled correctly for me until I met Pastor Jurgen. And then for sure, for two years, I thought this dude can't be real. So my whole job for two years was to prove that he was a fake Christian. <laughs> how many know that's not lex level conviction where you're trying to find some fault in your pastor? I mean, I was showing up to everything just to find a fault. And the Holy Spirit's like, when are you gonna trust me? As soon as I catch him. But it was just seeing such an authentic relationship with Jesus, I didn't know you could have that. And once I learned that it was possible, my heart got healed. And then I realized like, you're crazy enough to let my wife and I teach DNA classes? Like talk about DNA marriage. We got to get up there and talk about our marriage and what we're walking through. And it was like, crazy. You're gonna let us just say all this? And he goes, yep, someone needs to hear it. Okay. And then I'd say things just for shock value. <laughs> and I'd watch Pastor Jurgen and Leanne laugh in their face off. I'm like, that didn't go like I thought. <laughs> and it healed me more. Till I realized I had pastors that were gonna love me no matter what I was walking through, no matter my flaws my authenticity. You know what vulnerability is? I love it, I just heard this quote. It's vulnerability is giving a gun to somebody and trusting they're not gonna shoot you with it. That's vulnerability, so no one likes it. So in the Christian version, can you say what you're struggling with without feeling judged? Yeah, you can. 
We do it in men's prayer all the time. And I watch men get released of shame and guilt every single Tuesday. And that's why they keep coming back. They keep coming back. Some of them have never been to our church, you know that? Because they're still not healed yet. But they keep coming on Tuesdays because that's the only church they might ever walk into and they gotta know that Jesus loves them. No matter what you're walking through, we're a church that wants to disciple you, love you, walk this out. We have one goal, is to help guard your heart to get it with good soil and show you the way. And I'm just telling you, the more that you can plug in, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's almost like they always say, you know, we're not trying to get your money. God doesn't need your money. We're just trying to help your heart. Because I know that is the wellspring of life. And it's real easy to locate where someone's heart at. I can listen to them. I can see their calendar and I can see their checkbook. And I know exactly where their heart's at. You know why? Because I looked at mine along the way. And I realized, God, I see the visions I've been prophesied over. I see the plans that you have for me. And I'm either going to make a decision to trust you or not. And I know you put this man and this woman in front of me to steward my healing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do it tonight. And guess, let me tell you, I went on the altar over and over and over again. You know the greatest thing about this church? We don't care how many times you come to the altar. This is where your life gets altered. No one's going, oh, they're down at the altar again. No, no, you know what we're doing? We're cheering you on. Dude, they're down at the altar again. It's amazing how my final hurdle as I wrap this up, I'll never forget because I was trying to get into reading the Bible because, you know, I was just one of those fake Christians that carried it but didn't read it. And uh, I was telling Pastor Jurgen, I said, Pastor Jurgen, man, I, said, oh, I just can't get through it, man. I'm falling asleep. Like, what's the problem? And he goes, let me just pray for you. And I'll never forget he prayed for me. And I felt like it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit all over again. And when I was reading the Bible, all of a sudden the words were coming off the page and these stories were real. And I just called him up going, I can't believe that I just needed to get something broken. The enemy was just trying to shut me down. But it's amazing. That doesn't mean like every time I open it up, you know, the spirit of Elsa comes and, ah, you know, it's like the frozen soundtrack starts and, you know, the pages start leaping every time I read the Bible. Some of you haven't seen Frozen. That was a bad analogy. But, but what I'm telling you is even along this way, I still get into it because that's what I know I'm gonna do. Some days I'm having the most amazing revelation. Like I was reading the other day when Joseph was reunited with his dad, I started crying in my sock. I go, this is so amazing. I think to myself, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? And some days I'm just reading it, trying to get through more wisdom and Proverbs. It doesn't matter your journey, the matter is, Let's just get into the Word of God. Watch it come alive for you. But having that, the revelation of, I can tell my pastor that, and we had a laugh about it. He's reading the yearly Bible with me. To have a friend that I could just walk through church and do life with, how many know that's what this is called to be? Some of you. Listen, as we go into this year, it's 2020. The greatest thing you can do is find some people in your connect group to have real conversations with, to have, like tonight we're throwing a party. Sometimes we come to church and we check out, sneak out the back door. But tonight we got s'mores like I just heard. I'm like, s'mores, thank you. I want some s'mores, s'mores. Yeah, I was hooked on phonics for years, but let me tell you, 
stick around and get connected with people. It's amazing how people think someone might bite. My wife today, no joke, after the first two services, you know what she said to me? Where are all your mighty emerge men that are single? Because I have some of the most amazing godly women and men aren't stepping up in this house. I had shirts made. I don't know what happened to them. Connor took them all, but I want you all to stand up and I'm going to pray for you tonight. Not all the single men. Make sure if you're single, though, you make all the schmores for the single ladies. You can call it whatever you want, okay? It's America. And I want to pray for you. Here's what I want to say to you. This is the altar. You know where you're at tonight on the different things that I said. What I loved about that baptism testimony was he was a churchgoer but didn't weather a storm because he wasn't living the right way. But he's been restored, living his best life, got baptized with his wife. His kids are here cheering him on, loving this. That's the picture of restoration. But I want you to know that I'm gonna have my ministry team come down. The greatest breakthrough is telling yourself the truth of what soil your heart's at tonight. If this is another check the box service, I haven't helped you. The good news is the Holy Spirit has been hovering around, challenging you, talking to you, whispering to you, nudging you on every one of these points. If you know that you want this year to look different than 2019, I just want you to come down to the altar and I'm gonna pray for us. And it doesn't matter which soil your heart is acting like or in, I want every one of us to be fruitful. It doesn't matter if you're young and old, I want someone on my prayer team to pray for you because unless something shifts, thank you for being real. And that's what this is about. Because I went down because Pastor Jurgen made a call and I said, I don't wanna be that Christian anymore. I wanna live my best life. I wanna live what the life that God has planned for me. And I looked at all the testimonies with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, and Solomon. And I looked at the fruit in their life, which was always 30, 60, 100 fold. And I said, that's what I want. And tonight, I knew it was a shift in what was gonna happen in 2020. If you're willing to let God do a little heart restoration tonight. So I'm just gonna say a corporate prayer. And then when you feel the need, let one of them pray for you. Maybe do communion even. It's not on the schedule, but if we need to, listen, we're not gonna put God in a box and not do it because it's scheduled in three weeks. We're gonna do it when we need to do it. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.